Rainey's grades. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Brainies, Brainies. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Grainy's Grades. Ed is back, which means he needs to give out some important grades after the Raiders lost to the Kansas City Chiefs on Monday night football. First topic to grade, Ed, the referees. Oh. F. F. Only because. The worst. The worst. Only because. <laughs> I like the worst. My bad. Um, that was my grade. The hold on the extra on the field goal attempt, Josh DeBoe told us this. Last time 2015 Khalil Mack for the Raiders was called by the same referee. <laughs> so when you're doing that seven years later and you're still calling things that usually or often does not exist, I can't give you a passing grade. Do you believe that, and this was primarily in the uh, third quarter, do you believe the referees were afraid to call a penalty on the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, I was there, and Jared can attest to this. When that place gets booing, it is the loudest I've ever heard. And they and they kept it up for like a quarter straight. Right, and I don't blame them. They so, should have kept it going. Yeah, so that, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm telling you that that affected them. It had I, to. I will say that, so Seattle built their stadium specifically to keep noise in and broke the internal sound record, I'm pretty sure Arrowhead booing at the refs was when they (laughs) re-broke it in a stadium that was built in, like, 1973. It was, okay, from a, like... We will deafen you. Are you call this game fair? From, like, an integrity standpoint, from a we want the game to be, you know, right or whatever... That was horrible from the referees. Yes. From just a pure entertainment standpoint. Beautiful. That was unbelievable entertainment to have two calls that effectively screwed each team, right? The the pass interference where Chris Jones takes the ball from Derek Carr and then the holding on a field goal. Two calls that effectively screw each team and allows each team to go put points on the board when it should have been the other team's ball. That's phenomenal in itself. But then to have it, what was it? Six straight penalties that were then called yes. on the Raiders after that. There was the one where they thought about throwing a flag on the chiefs. And then the ref comes over the mic and is like, his voice is like breaking. And he's like, there is no foul on the play. Phenomenal entertainment, terrible for the actual league, terrible for the actual game, but just tremendous to watch how that game unfolded. The one thing that I wish we could have seen happen I wish they had thrown a flag for pass interference when Adams and Renfro ran into each other. Do you know oh, how unbelievable oh. that Offensive feeling pass would have been? Interference. No, I wish no. they had screwed it up and thrown a flag on the Chiefs and been like, yep, pass interference on the defense. And then as soon as that replay shows Renfro and Adams running, running into, into each other, other, people might have stormed the field. God, that would just, that would have been phenomenal. Like, it's hilarious that Adams and Renfro ran into right. each other and that's how they lost a game. But if the refs had screwed that call, 
that would have been one of the greatest like refereeing fan moments that we have ever seen. Maybe I, maybe it wouldn't have been great because something bad could have happened, but that would have been phenomenal. Uh, we ne- may need to ask Adam Candy this. At what point does the head referee sort of wander over to the linesman and go, Jeff, you're going to pick up that flag because I'm making it home tonight. <laughs> so we're not doing nothing for the next two minutes. Whatever happens. Uh, next topic. I hope you saw this. Vinny Bonsignore tweeted it out. I was sitting right out. next to him. The parachuter coming into Arrowhead Stadium before the game. There were multiple parachuters. There were a, They just kept coming down. Oh, there were, there were tons of them. <laughs> so one of them comes in and... Um, Let's say he's come. He came in a little hot, a little, came a little, little hot, heavy. And his body was contorted in a way that he looked like he was falling on his face. <laughs> and uh, he ate it uh, straight. Knees hit the ground first, but then the rest of his body hit the ground after that. And based on the video Vinny tweeted out, nobody really came to check on no. him or see if he they was. They just okay. assumed this guy was all right. <laughs> the other parachuters were standing on the sidelines, probably laughing, and then they didn't want to get hit by the next person coming down. <laughs> Because, get the out next, of the way. because you can't stop that person. <laughs> uh, so you got a grade for the parachuter? Incomplete. Oh, that's incomplete. nice. I'm going to go incomplete for a couple reasons. One, I would never do this in my life, and anyone who does it, I give a lot of credit to. So two, it's hard to give him a failing grade because I would never think of doing something like this. Uh, I just, I mean, I felt, I felt bad for him. I saw a TikTok. This is where we get our important information from. Of somebody that is a uh, parachuter at NFL games. And he was like, here's the process for how you parachute into an NFL stadium. And in that, he said, you get a practice run, a tryout, basically. And you get one shot. And you have to land on whatever the mark is they want you to land on. And if you don't, you don't get the job. You don't get to do it. So you get one shot jumping out of a plane into whatever field. And if you don't get it, you don't get the job anymore. Right. And so it's kind of incredible that they that they have enough people that can do it that way. They never stopped. I kept yeah. looking up and there were more people coming down. It was crazy. And apparently that's, I don't know if that's for every parachute diver, every stadium. He did it. He was doing it at a Broncos game. Um, but that's what he said, that you have to hit the mark on your one tryout or they're not going to use you. They're not going to take you. So there's might be a very rigorous process to get the guy who lands face first. A lot of women parachuters. <laughs> How many were there? Are you talking like 10? No, there were five or six for sure. That is a lot still. Yeah. Normally it's like one yep. or two. Not, oh, it's just a never I think the last line. one, the last one brought the Chiefs flag. Okay. Did they one deliver of, the game ball? I didn't see that. One of them brought the, one of them brought the American flag and you should have seen the people sprinting out to roll that thing up once it hit the ground. Oh, man. I mean, they were sprinting. <laughs> Next topic. I need your uh, story on this because Case Kiefer of the Las Vegas Sun tweeted out, the elevator attendant serenaded us with some songs she wrote making fun of Tom Brady. (laughs) Can you, did you witness this? Yes. Plus. She obviously did it to anyone who came on the elevator because we did not come on with Case. (laughs) So Vinny and I were on there and she goes, how you guys doing? Tom Brady, why are you here? Tom Brady, what's with your ear? Tom, I mean, it was just, it was the most bizarre. And we're looking at her like, okay. And it was just like Tom Brady. And she just kept making fun of Tom Brady. And it was all the way up to the press box. And then she's like, have a good day, gentlemen. 
She gets an A plus. A plus. Okay. She should have had a cup. With like, that, like, like a hat. <laughs> I did not experience this, but she's getting an F. Oh, F. come on. Multiple reasons. I don't even want to talk to people I'm with when I'm on an elevator. <laughs> like, you get on an elevator, and I'm like, I don't even want to talk to the people I'm with. This is just weird. We got like 45 seconds in a box with other people. To be sung at by somebody sounds like a disaster. Well, no, I've got to we didn't attention. talk to her because she didn't, she didn't let us. Those okay. doors closed, and she looks at us and said, Tom Brady, <laughs> why are you here? I'm like, what? What the heck's going on? The other reason, give her another F, Jared. The, <laughs> the other reason, if you're going to do this, you need to specify your content to the team the Chiefs are playing. I don't. I don't want to like hear. Derek Carr. Right? Why are you here? Whoever the you quarterback were working is. on. She was working on last uh, the Tampa Bay yeah. the week before. Yeah. So you've only got eight or nine home games in a year. That can't be that hard to come up with content for eight or nine quarterbacks uh, or head coaches. You didn't meet her. I don't want to hear. Listen, why? If if she started singing that to me, I'd be like, "Is Tom Brady in the elevator? What do you mean, Tom Brady? <laughs> I, I'd be confused. Give me a Derek Carr one or a Josh McDaniel. Somebody. Give me a team-specific one for who the Chiefs are it playing. It appears that she does Tom Brady every week. She was really into this song. That's why she gets an F. <sighs> if if it was F. For, if it was during a home game against the Buccaneers, might change my grade a little a bit. A plus, and I hate people. A plus. <laughs> I don't have an I hate people. <laughs> the you? worst. Oh, the worst. Um, so. I will say, Tyler, I understand you don't want to talk in an elevator, but one of the best things you possibly can do is if the elevator door is open and you have your friend with you, you go. So you just have to keep putting ointment on it and walk into the elevator, go, uh, yeah, lobby, and just ha- stare at your friend. Could do that. Uh, next topic. There wouldn't be any discussion. No. They would just sit there and stare at you. It's great. Next topic to grade Josh Jacobs. Uh,. I'm going to give Josh Jacobs alone an A. A. Back-to-back career days. No plus after that? Plus. Plus. Pass. (laughs) Pass. (laughs) Went for 144 the week before, 154 this week. He was the man. He has been better this season, and specifically the last two games, than at any point that I've seen in his career. He has been unreal. And how well he's run the ball, how well he has run through tackles, right? He gets an A plus. There's there's Whoa. nothing A plus. It's, it's unbelievable to me how good Josh Jacobs has been to a point where I'm going to sit here and tell you for the rest of this season, running the ball is not going to lead to enough wins to make the playoffs, right? I'm going to I've been telling you that this show. I'm going to tell you that the rest of the season. But running the ball as well as they have the last two games, they did beat the Broncos. And they almost beat the Chiefs because of it, right? Like, that's been a big, that's been the offense for two weeks in a row. And they won a game and they lost to a really good team by a single point. It's been amazing how good he's been. I don't think they're going to be that good running the ball the rest of the season. I don't believe Jacobs is running for 140 yards every game. He'd be unbelievable if he did. But he's been incredible so far. And I'm also the guy that'll sit here and tell you, just put in Zamir White. Running backs don't matter. Josh Jacobs matters the last. Another hot take: They will not resign him. Oh no! No, I I don't think they will either. You run him till the the legs fall uh, off. You don't have to resign right. him. Yeah, I I I would on yeah I'd be surprised too because he, one of two things is going to happen, right? What Jared just said. Yeah, he's going to get injured and and 
maybe if he gets injured, they re-sign him. It's like, hey, here's a cheap deal and come back. But if you if he gets injured, right, he's probably not getting a big deal. Or if he keeps this up, some other team's gonna walk in and be like, we'll pay a running back, and it won't be Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. I assume it won't be. It'd be stupid if it was if they turn down the fifth year option and then sign him to an even bigger deal right. after that. But I, if he keeps this up somebody else is probably going to give him a big deal and it'll be more than the Raiders are willing to pay him. All right, next topic. Let's go to Kansas City Chiefs kicker Matthew Wright. I'm going to give this kid a C minus. Called up C minus. Called up from the practice squad. Not very good. Trying his best. I'm going to give him an A for effort uh, and F for performance. A. We're going to average that out and give him a C minus. He made a 58-yard field goal. Minus. Yeah, but he missed two. Now, the second one he missed... It was the hold. Got negated. The phantom, Didn't phantom hold that never really happened, so yeah. it got negated. So I'm going to give him two misses. Uh, he missed the two under 50. Uh, yeah. Not ideal. I'm not grading the kicker himself. I'm grading the Kansas City Chiefs. They get an F. Oh, here you F. go. Here goes your this rant. Here goes your team rant. has their kicker injured. And what have they done in the meantime? They've signed the- two, two different kickers to try to replace him. They both suck. Meanwhile, they've got a safety who can kick extra points. Why are they wasting a roster spot on kickers that can't make field goals? I think it's stupid to waste a roster spot on kickers that can make field Why goals. Why did I know this was coming? They can't even they can't even make the field goals. Unbelievable that they keep doing this. They have I knew the, this was coming. Justin Reed can make the extra points. And to be completely honest with you, just go for two. You're the Chiefs. You got Kelsey and Mahomes. You're going to be solid. Fine. Like unbelievable that this team is going to waste a roster spot on a kicker. Nobody should be wasting a roster spot on a kicker and a punter. Get one guy that can do both. And when your kicker gets hurt, let the safety kick. Let somebody else do it. It shouldn't be that hard. All right. Last topic. Cleveland Furl. I'm watching it back. I did not see this when it happened. Oh, you didn't get to experience oh, it? I didn't get to experience it when it when it actually it's, happened. It's Aside a from Renfro and Adams running into pass. each other, the funniest thing that happened in that game. I mean... He did enough to knock Kelsey on his butt. He got called uh, for a foul. I don't think he had any idea what he was doing because Kelsey obviously faked him out, but he put his hand up. But just the fact that Kelsey didn't go down the field and catch a 20 yarder, I'll give the kid an A. Plus. You know, he got called for a penalty on that play. Holding. No, a hands plus. Holding? Hands, oh, in hands in the face. He got called no. for hands in the face. Oh, hands in the face. Because he hit him right in the face. Yeah, but it's Cleve Furl out on the edge trying to <laughs> trying to defend Travis Kelsey. Why is Cleveland Furl out <laughs> defending <laughs> Travis Kelsey? <laughs> Why? What are Why? you doing? Maybe, maybe because they thought he's the only one who could. They forgot to cover him four different times. <laughs> well, they covered him one time when he broke like 10 tackles, but the other three, I don't think there was anyone around him. Unbelievable. That Cleveland, like, let's get, get Cleveland Furl out there. On. So it's not his fault. He hit him in the face. That is his fault. But it's not his fault he's out there. Right, it fun, is not. Yeah, it's all fun and games till you get hit in the face. <laughs> and then the Chiefs get a first down. On like third and 16, by the way. That was not like a third. That was not like a first down. But that was a third and long, and Cleve Furl handed him a first uh, down by hitting him in the face. I just saw. The, I just saw the replay. He did kind of whack him, <laughs> <laughs> whacking that thing around. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's briefs. Bischoff's briefs, and that's how you scrabble. Bischoff's briefs today is looking at UNLV football, where Doug Brumfield is day-to-day, according to Marcus Arroyo. He uh, suffered what is presumably a concussion in the game against New Mexico, or not New Mexico, the game against uh, San Jose State 
last weekend. He also apparently has an ankle injury of some sort as well. So dealing with more than just the head injury. Um, however, despite getting the day-to-day designation, uh, he is not listed on UNLV's depth chart for this week's game. Now, you'll hear it from every media member that covers football. Depth charts aren't official. Depth charts don't usually mean a whole lot. But for him to be not on the depth chart does tell me that Doug Brumfield is not going to play on Saturday. There is the possibility that Marcus Arroyo is not going to list him on the depth chart and he is ready to go on Saturday and he's trying to basically trick um, Air Force into thinking that Doug Brumfield is not going to be ready. I would think that would be a little foolish simply because if I'm Air Force, I'm preparing for Doug Brumfield to play and if Cam Friel walks out there and takes the first snap, great. They've got a big downgrade at quarterback. Right. We're still ready to go. Right. It would be foolish of another team to say, ah, we're going to prepare for Cam Friel. And then, oh, Doug well, Brumfield walks out there. I can't believe the books are thinking he's playing because the Air Force team that just lost to Utah State and has lost to Wyoming is a 10-point favorite. Utah State beat Air Force. Um, we obviously saw UNLV go and beat uh, Utah State. Utah State did play BYU pretty well as well. Uh, but Air Force, interestingly enough, they're 0-2 on the road this season. The loss to Wyoming and the loss to Utah, Utah State. State. So the team that hasn't played well on the road, they're coming here. This is the third road game of the year. So if there is something to Air Force going on the road and struggling, you know, we might have a shot here. Absolutely. And here's, here's the big question. Assuming Doug Brumfield's not playing, can they beat Air Force with Cam Friel? Or Harrison Bailey, if Harrison Bailey plays or starts I think or they can beat Air Force with Cam Friel. <laughs> Poor Harrison Bailey. I know. How was he in a quarterback battle, by the way? He came from Tennessee and wasn't he was in the battle the whole way, supposedly. Right. Well, that's, yeah. At least that's what we heard. Arroyo didn't name Brumfield the starter because he was still Deciding. listed as or with yeah. Harrison Bailey. He named Cam Friel third string. Yeah. It, Cam Friel was out of the race in the last week of the, the preseason. It was Bailey or Bailey or Brumfield. There's one of those two. And Brumfield got the start and never looked back. And now that Brumfield's hurt, the first time we get a chance to see, hey, who's the second quarterback? It's not Harrison Bailey anymore. It's Cam Friel. So here's here's what you're getting and and the curious part for UNLV football. If Doug Brumfield is out there, so far this season, they have gotten best quarterback in the Mountain West production from Doug Brumfield, right? That's how good he has been. He struggled against Cal, was not great in that game, and wasn't great in the three possessions he played against San Jose State, but he got injured. And I and we don't know exactly when it happened, but my theory is he got hurt on the third offensive snap of the game. Uh, he got sacked, and another defender's forearm hit Brumfield in the head, and as he stood up, he shook his head once. Okay. That was my that guess. Was likely when it happened. Yeah, I went back to watch the Brumfield snaps to see if anything. That was the most. If he got hurt, if he hurt his head. That was seen. the most obvious one, yeah. right? So he might have gotten hurt on the third offensive snap of the game, and maybe that's why his throws were so errant. The rest of the two two more possessions that he played, um, but he didn't look good in those three possessions. That's really it. Outside of the Cal game and those three possessions, he's been phenomenal. He's been terrific the, the entire season. So. If Brumfield's playing, UNLV can reasonably expect to have best quarterback in the league play, or at least top three quarterback play in the Mountain West. Without him, you go to Cameron Friel. Cameron Friel was okay 
last season as a quarterback. He actually threw way more interceptions than he did touchdowns, but the rest of his numbers were okay as a quarterback. So if you're optimistic about Cameron Friel, I think what you can say is UNLV can get average Mountain West quarterback play out of Cameron Friel. I think that's a little optimistic. I think you're probably getting below average, but let's just say you're downgrading from best in the conference to average quarterback play. Can UNLV win with that downgrade? Two main questions. Number one on offense, how does their running game look without Doug Brumfield? If your Air Force or any opponent that's going to play UNLV without Doug Brumfield, you can probably overcommit a little bit more to stopping the run than you would have if Doug Brumfield was there. So can UNLV continue to run the ball as effectively as they have without Brumfield? That's a big question. But the bigger question, that game against San Jose State, they gave up 40 points. The defense was horrendous. Well, that's, you know, people keep talking about Brumfield, and I keep saying the same thing. He doesn't play defense. I mean, they gave up 40. Right. With him, would they have scored 40? Probably not. Probably not. Before the San Jose State game, this defense was the best tackling UNLV defense that I have seen in the eight years that I've been in Las Vegas covering UNLV sports. Hands down, the best they have been at tackling. Just simply wrapping guys up when given the opportunity. This for years, UNLV has been awful at that. They cannot tackle people. This is the first time I've seen a defense where you think, oh, they're actually good at tackling people. For whatever reason, that went completely out the window when they played San Jose State. Just completely disappeared. They couldn't tackle the quarterback when he ran. They couldn't tackle the running backs through a zone read, and they couldn't tackle receivers on screen passes. I mean, San Jose State beat them with screen passes and a zone read. And it wasn't that UNLV was always out of position. They often had a guy in position to make a tackle at the line of scrimmage or two or three yards down the field and just didn't do it, and it ended up in big plays. That, to me, is the big question. Is the defense more like the first five games of the year? Or is that, or is what we saw against San Jose State what they're going to look like against Air Force? Well, look what happened against Air Force last year. They couldn't tackle you. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was horrible. So, so I don't know if Air Force is as good as they were last year. We thought they were going to be. I, a lot of people before the season said Air Force was the best team in the Mountain West. Yeah. They still might be. Maybe. They, they, they might be by default. Because yeah. who else is the best team in the Mountain West? I mean, like, does Fresno have the quarterback back? They haven't. Yeah, so, so that's a big deal. Right. Um, so that to me is, if UNLV's defense is as bad as it was against San Jose State, they're not winning a single game with Cameron Friel at quarterback. It's Maybe they'll beat Hawaii or Nevada if, if Cameron Friel's still at quarterback then. But they're not winning a single game. Not even San Diego State. They're going to lose that game if the defense is as bad as well against San Jose State. If the defense looks like it did the first five weeks of the season, they can win this game with Cameron Friel at quarterback. They can win this game with Cameron Friel not even doing much. Did you see where San Diego State quarterback threw for over 300 yards? Did he? Uh-oh. Mountain Con- West should be worried. He was a quarterback who converted to safety who is now converted <laughs> back to quarterback. <laughs> That's where they're at at the quarterback level. Get him in. He's throwing the ball down the (laughs) field. It works. Coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. When you're getting smashed like that, emotions and and pissed offness and all of that is a component of it. You're naive if you think that it's not. Um, We don't like getting smashed. We don't like getting beat. We're getting smashed. So all of those things are normal, if you will, expressions of frustrations, uh, the questioning of desire and things of that nature. That's what competitors do, particularly when you get smashed. I'm not going to read too much into it, 
Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas Studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Joining us now, Charles McDonald from Yahoo. Good morning, Charles. Hey, Charles. Are you doing better than Mike Tomlin, who uh, got smashed over the weekend? Uh, Yeah, I think I'm doing better than Mike Tomlin. (laughs) I mean, he's got a lot more money than I do, but... Uh, I didn't didn't have to deal with any of that nonsense this weekend, and I don't have to start Kenny Pickett in like any facet of my life. So I'm doing all right. All right, uh, let's start with Devontae Adams. Who uh, the news this morning is that he has been charged with a misdemeanor assault for shoving the photographer to the ground after they lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. Do you believe that Devontae Adams would get suspended by the NFL for this? Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe a game. You can't, you can't just shove people to the ground like that. Uh, I know it was a frustrating moment, and uh, maybe the, the tunnel should have been clear. Maybe that guy should have been you know, in that spot at that exact time, but it doesn't give you the excuse to just like shove him on the ground, look at him, and then walk past him. I know it was a, a frustrating moment, but... Uh, you can't. You you just you just cannot put your hands on people like that. Like yeah, I, I don't know. I think the amount of people I've seen defending the action when Devonte himself was kind of like, ah, like I really messed up there uh, is is odd. Uh, but mainly, it's it. I just find the whole thing funny, and it, it's only funny because the guy didn't get seriously hurt. Uh, but you know, in his statement with the hospital, he did say prelimin- preliminarily. No life-threatening injuries, so he he could still die. But for now, uh, he, he for now he's okay. Uh, you know, I, I think the the misdemeanor assault charges it's kind of crazy. But uh, I'm sure as that guy got pushed by Devontae Adams, who just signed a thirty million dollar per year contract this year. As soon as he was falling to the ground, he probably heard, I got a golden ticket. Yeah, <laughs> I got a golden ticket in my hand because. That's what this is. Like Devontae Adams is not going to go to jail. He's, I mean, he probably will never even have handcuffs on him. But if you're trying to get it back in this situation and you know maybe improve your life standards, then hey, uh, getting pushed by Devontae Adams is probably not the worst thing in the world that's happened to you. Would it have been better? And Tyler suggested this earlier. Had he gone up and actually helped the guy up instead of just kind of stomping over him and stomping off? Would do you think people would have uh, felt oh, a little yeah, different? Oh yeah, I think that, that that optic would have changed a lot. Uh, like if you would just push him over and just help him up and hug him, hey, my fault, my bad. You probably could have saved yourself a lot of grief, but I think the way that he handled it in the immediate aftermath uh, was pretty bad. And then <laughs> the Twitter apology, I think, was my favorite part. Man, I hope you see this. <laughs> really? Look, you had a chance just to talk to him right there. You could have just said sorry. Now you don't have to. Now you have to. You know, hope your apology reaches him. And that man, I hope you see this was really. Man, I really hope you don't sue me. But I think based on everything we've seen so far, including like a statement from the hospital, the misdemeanor assault charge, you know, we're about to get sued, Devontae. Game's uh, game. Adams slammed his helmet down after the final play where he and Hunter Renfro ran into each other and then obviously shoves the photographer here. I think it's the most public frustration we've seen from Adams in his career. Do you think he already regrets leaving Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers? Uh, I wouldn't say regret. Uh you know, I, I think he gets to play with what seems to be his best friend, making a lot of money, still scoring touchdowns. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say regret yet. I mean, the the, the one and four start 
is definitely frustrating, but I don't think that this is actually, you know, a bad football team. I uh, maybe, you know, the Packers, I mean, the Packers would certainly be better off with him there, but it just didn't seem like that was going to happen. So, you know, I don't, I don't think he regrets it yet, but it's hard not to be frustrated. I mean, you were up 17 to nothing on uh, a divisional rival. I know a 17 point lead against Patrick Mahomes is like literally nothing, but, uh, you know, that's, that's definitely a frustrating start to the season. And, you know, when, when was the last time the Packers started one and four? Uh, like, he, he probably has no idea what this is like. And, uh, it's a new it's a new NFL experience for him. Would you have gone for two if you were McDaniels, or would you have kicked the extra point to go thirty thirty? Oh, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel indifferent on that one because uh, I, I I do think that there is some strategy to going for two and being okay with missing it because in that situation at that time. You know, you're you're to a degree like you're kind of taking Mahomes out of the equation if the Chiefs are up by one, right? Because most most NFL teams in that scenario, like the Chiefs did, are just going to try to run out the clock, try to get a, a couple first downs, pass a two minute warning, then kneel it out once you get to like ninety seconds left on the clock or whatever. Um, but let's say like you're tied or you're up by one. You know, <laughs> you got to deal with the fact that the best quarterback in the league is about to be humming heaters, like just right down the field. And we've seen him do it a million times. So I actually don't think that the Chiefs being up by one in that scenario is the worst thing in the world because of what happened, right? Because they tried to run the ball out. They tried to run some screens to Scott Moore. You get the stops you needed. Get the ball back. You're down by one. You have a chance to win the game. But unfortunately, it just didn't, it didn't work out for you in the way that you would hope. But uh, I, I think that the debate on the – Going for two there or tying, not sure it really matters because the the to me the whole thing is you're not dealing with like a normal football team. Uh, you're dealing with someone who has gotten off to quite literally the best start that we've ever seen an NFL quarterback get off to in his career. The math kind of changes on that. It changes on who you're playing. It changes based on how the game's going. So in general. I'm never mad at someone trying to take a lead over Patrick Mahomes because you know those things don't last long. Uh, you got to experience a roughing the passer call on Grady Jarrett of the Atlanta Falcons that helped the Buccaneers put that game away. And then on Monday night, you saw Chris Jones take the ball from Derek Carr and still get called for roughing the passer. Is anything going to change or are we just going to have to deal with these types of pass interference calls for the rest of the season? <laughs> Uh, we're just gonna have to deal with it. I think the the, the truth of the matter is is this is a business, um, and the quarterbacks drive a whole lot of money. I mean, n- no one likes watching the games where no one can complete a pass or anything like that. So the the money says that the rules need to be changed to protect these guys, uh, even if it's unfair to the other players. I mean, I I think it's absolute bogus that you know. Tom Brady can get tackled like that, kick Grady Jarrett, and then Grady Jarrett's the one that gets calls for the flag. Uh, and then in the, the in the uh, the Chiefs game, I mean that was a fumble. You know, he wasn't even uh, a defender at that anymore. He was a ball carrier. So I, I think if we're going to have these calls in place, there should be at least some secondary look at it because if you if you go to back to the Falcons game, I mean that sack that that penalty basically ended the game for the Falcons. Uh, they're Staging a comeback, Grady Jarrett got a sack on third down that pushed the Bucks out of the field goal range. You were going to get the ball down six with you know two minutes left in the game, 
Who knows? Like who knows? I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't trust Marcus Mariota to get that done. But, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> anything's possible when you have the ball in that uh, in that window of time. So there just needs to be, a, I think, a little bit more due diligence with calling these things and making sure they're actually the, the right call. But that also sucks too because we hate to see games get bogged down by, um, you know, <laughs> the referees just looking at stuff that we can all see. Uh, so. I don't really know how you fix it while also keeping the flow of the game appropriate as well. Uh, even though you said Carson and I had a conversation, we're ready to roll. Can Ron Rivera really, ba- you know, walk back that comment? What's your problem, the quarterback? No, and Ron Rivera. Who are you to say something like that? <laughs> are you kidding me, Ron Rivera? <laughs> All you do is just bring your buddies from Carolina over and <laughs> run the same exact operation there. We're the worst quarterback, and it sucks. Like it's funny. It's funny that Ron Rivera. He like he was like, "Well, look around the division, okay? Yeah, I'm looking. I see a team led by Cooper Rush, another led by Daniel Jones, and then another guy who we didn't think could throw the ball two years ago. What, what are you talking about? It's it's uh, it, it's kind of it's 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 strange to me that he could make that comment about the quarterbacks without being able to look in the mirror and saying, actually, those other three guys are doing a way better job coaching than I am." Uh, and that's kind of just the truth of the matter. You know, I don't, I don't think that this commander's team is a great team or even a good team by any stretch, but I, I think it's, it's undeniable that they're playing below the sum of their talent. I mean, they have a good defensive line, they've got good skill talent, and they can't really do anything. So uh, I, 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 I couldn't believe that Rivera said that when he has been doing just such a terrible job himself. Uh, it, it's, just, it's just not... It's just not fair to to put that on Carson Wentz when you, as the head coach, have put together basically unwatchable football for two years in a row. Uh, you know, just have some 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 introspection, Ron. Come on, like you're 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 not Bill Belichick. You can't be saying something like that. Before Four twenty points in a game. Come on. Before we let you go, Charles, uh, just just give us one word a one word answer here. Would you rather have Geno Smith or Russell Wilson as your quarterback the rest of this season? Gino. He's Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at four verts from Yahoo Sports. As always, thank you, Thanks, Charles. Thanks, Charles. Later. Gino Smith's been pretty good this year, and Russell Wilson has not been. Well, he's got the lat problem. It's pretty funny. Like, it's pretty great that Seattle might have upgraded their quarterback position by just starting. Gino he's got Smith. the he's got the problem with the one part of the body we all know we have we now have. Yep. Your lat, Jared, where's it at? Let us know. No, no, hold on, hold on. Danny? Oh, do you know where your lat is, Jared? Oh, or Danny. Danny is pointing at the right part of his body. Yeah. All right. You're the only one. None of us know where the lad is until Jared looked it up. So good job. You also know where every prison is in the country. So. I, I, I sort of thought it was part of some sort of lower thigh thing. And turns out, no, I was completely wrong. Not at all. Not at all. But we have tickets to give away to Bonkers Comedy Club. There is a new comedy show at the Suncoast. And we got tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You'll win two tickets to go see uh, the Bonkers Comedy Club on Saturday. Their show's at 7 and 9.30. Your choice of which one you want to go to. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. You'll win two tickets to Bonkers Comedy Club. We'll take caller number four at 702-364-1100. Clevenger delivered. Freeman on deck. He will watch Craig Turner round the bases. The home run. Craig Turner, 21 home runs during the regular season. Second batter of the game, and the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. 
You're locked in the press box. So the Dodgers don't lose a single game this entire postseason, Thank you, Jared. right? Until the World Series. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jared. They'll sweep through the National League. And then... Well, then we'll get Verlander to tip his pitches and we'll be good. Six in, a, six in an inning and you'll be screaming. Yeah, be good. Well, they still came back and won, so it's all good. It's true. Craig Kimbrell's not on the postseason roster. No, he's so. not. How about that? What a what a move. What a precipitous I, fall from I think, grace. I think Dave Roberts actually deserves credit for that. Why? Because he knows the guy has stunk? Well, okay. It's one it's it's one thing to leave off a reliever who's not any good, but Craig Kimbrell, like big time postseason or uh off season acquisition. Yeah for the Dodgers, has the actual pedigree as a closer, right? And they still decided, no, thank you. We don't We don't want you on the postseason roster. Worked last night. Yeah. I mean, it's what there's the two things. The Dodgers and the Astros have this in common. There are enough other good relievers to leave a good reliever off yes. the roster. Like, even if Craig Kimball was okay, your bullpen would still be fine with the guys right. that you have there. Like, the Astros left a reliever off their roster that they traded for at the deadline who had like a 2.8 ERA since the deadline, Will Smith. Like they left him off the postseason roster because, and I don't think it was a mistake because they have five other guys that made the roster with a 2.8 ERA. Uh, Degenerate Danny's here back from vacation. Okay. I got to know, did you bet on anything while you were on vacation or did you actually take a break from that as well? No, I did take a break. Um, on Saturday when I flew back into town. <laughs> Just one day. During during my layover, I thought about texting my buddy and asking him to place a bet for me, but oh. I held off. Oh. What I, was it? Yeah, because you can't you bet on your about? app where you were. No, but being in Florida, they have other ones, but I would have oh. to sign up for all that, oh, and my yeah. layover was only like an hour and a half, so I was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> but I was going to ask him to do uh, to put in a bet JMU minus 11. Oh, oh James yeah, JMU, James football. Madison. They ended up winning by like 25 or 30. Oh, my God. What are you looking at? Uh, I guess you're on a flight, so maybe you can be looking at ridiculous stuff. But why are you looking at James Madison They're ranked football? now. They are. They're playing amazing ever since they came up. They're mm-hmm. They're winning. They're beating spreads by an average of two touchdowns per game. They're doing really yeah. good this year. They're ranked. They're 25th. So what you're telling us is you missed out. Yes. Okay. Poorly timed vacation. You could have pulled the trigger on James Madison and won some money. It's all right. Did anybody score seven touchdowns in a game yet? Or is it six? I can't remember how many. It's seven, seven, but no, six has happened twice. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, by the way, I have absolutely no faith anymore in that bet. The Rams are not scoring seven Rams touchdowns. might not score three touchdowns in a game. <laughs> your your team was the Rams. Yeah, he bet yeah, on the Rams. Yeah, I he bet, bet on the, the Rams. Rams would. Yeah. Be the first one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like your chances. <laughs> no, I don't either. Uh, we get Kansas City Buffalo this weekend. I don't think somebody will score seven, but they could. Mahomes a dog at home. Yeah. It, they were saying first time in like 42 games. Yeah. Are you betting on that? Um, I'll probably <laughs> bet the longest touchdown, which is <laughs> yeah. usually around yeah. like 45, 46 yards. I'm sorry for assuming you just simply bet yeah. on the spread. You oh, have by the way, like I, a replay of one of the greatest football games ever where they went up and down the field, all these all scored touchdowns. And he's going to go down to the longest touchdown of the game. Yes. And by the way, Knights last game, I hit their uh, over team total goals. It was two and a half. They got three or four. They got four. Yeah, they got four. Yeah. Easy, easy cover by you. Does do overtime goals count on that? Bet? Yeah, it's team total. So how whenever they score them, I'm assuming winning a shootout doesn't count. 
No, because that actually no. it does count because it counts as it counts, as, as, a, it counts as, a as a point in there. So when you see in shootout, it's still they still get technically like if they had gone to shootout three three and the Knights won, they would have essentially won four to three. Yeah. The the official final score of a shootout in that scenario yeah. is Golden Knights four, Kings three. Okay. You don't not not right. for the individual shootout no, goals. No, Those right. don't count. Yeah, exactly. But if for you the, win in no, a shootout, it's the, it's the official score. It right. counts yeah. as a yeah. goal, right? right? And so you do win a team total goal bet if they win a shootout, and that's I, the one that I pushes believe it over. so. I've never had one go that far, but I believe so. <laughs> All right. I, I I guess I wouldn't be too mad about that if I won the bet, but if I lost the bet that way, yeah, yeah, that'd be a little frustrating. Yeah, because it's it's yeah, it's not great. So. All right. Useless Why didn't you uh, go with the bottled water on the trip? I did for the most part, but because... What do you think they make the ice out of? But because, like, when you sit down at restaurants, they just automatically fill up a glass of water, and it's just natural instinct to just grab it and drink it. But And it wasn't good. The I mean, response. It, I mean, the water tasted It tasted like water, but the response afterwards was not good. Oh, I was bedridden for an entire day and I oh. couldn't eat an entire meal for four out of my five days. Oh no. Feel bad for you, kid. You went into the tornado, the eye of the storm. <laughs> now you're in bed. There was actually while we were there, a hurricane went through like the little strip of ocean between Dominican Republic and Central America. Did you get any rain? Uh we it it rained for like an hour and a half the day we were leaving. But it rained, but it stopped before we went to the airport. So you're back in, you're back instead now. You're okay now. I'm good now. Okay. Solid food. I've been eating nonstop since I've been home. <laughs> Solid food. And you can bet on James Madison. And I can bet on James Madison this weekend. I can also bet on over field goal total oh in God. any Broncos oh. game all season long. Oh, because it's hitting four of their five games. So it's gonna stop. He's giving yeah, guys. He's giving out tips. Like at this point, like we maybe we, he he nailed James Mad- James Madison. But he didn't nail it. He didn't pull the trigger on the. Bat. I didn't bet on but it. You don't but... get you don't get to take credit for nailing it if right. you didn't actually place the bet. Um, is this Broncos one gonna turn into your Lamar Jackson touchdown passing touchdown bet? Because I don't think he's hit that since you told us about it. And now he's actually minus money on his touchdown prop. Which yeah. is, but he hasn't. What you were betting on him to throw was it one and a half? It was over one and a half, and it was plus money for the first three or four weeks of the season. And he, at the, he's, he's at back-to-back weeks with just one touchdown pass, yep. right? Yeah. So hasn't hit Fantasy since you told us about well, it. I, have, I haven't bet on it since. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> My best fantasy quarterback is Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. At hey, least you started him finally. If it makes you feel any better, I had Taysom Hill. He got me two points. I dropped him, and he scored five <laughs> touchdowns since. <laughs> Jared drafted him and then didn't start him in week one. Yeah, he's, I don't know. Don't get credit for that either.